Welcome listeners to the Stimulate Run podcast. Being a podcast listener for a while now, I've had the idea of putting something together in this space and I've finally come through with the goods. Yes, this will be primarily running focused, but I hope to keep away from the technical side of the sport and make it a bit more conversational. I'll be speaking to people from every part of the sport, from the pack as well. So if you're running 100k plus weeks, we'll have a chat about how you're maintaining work and family mid of the pack and also the back of the pack are like myself. Everyone has a story to tell, what made them start, where they started and what does the sport mean to them. I'll be having a chat to people who started a community group focused around running or even a general sport and find out how they managed to grow into the community group it is now and where they'd like to go along with the challenges they faced. I'll be speaking to that person that we all know but we don't really know their story. Hey listeners, on this episode, I was lucky enough to spend some time with Ryan Shand. Ryan is somebody I had right at the top of the guest wish list as soon as the idea of a podcast came about. Ryan is somebody that everybody can relate to. Working hard to lose weight to fit into that suit or dress for the special occasion, and then the event happens, and there's no longer a drive to commit, so the yo-yo of up and down dieting occurs. Ryan was also working in a high-octane environment, or being away from home for durations of time was all part of the norm. By his own admission, he just wasn't a nice person to be around. A few years later, flipped that all on its head, and Ryan is now a lean, running machine, inspiring many, and I'm sure is well on his way to his goal, which was of making his kids proud. Hope you enjoy this episode and chat with Ryan Shant. Just before we start this episode... I just want to add in a language warning as this episode has been labelled explicit to contain explicit language. Okay, welcome back listeners for the next episode of Stimulate Run podcast and today I have the honour of having our guest Ryan Shand. Welcome to the podcast Ryan. Thanks very much, thanks for having me. So Ryan, do you want to start firstly by just giving the listeners a background on who you are and how your running journey got started? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, I'm just a recreational runner from Perth, um, being a father too, and uh, I guess I got into running oh, probably 10 years ago, I guess, on and off, right, um, but uh, most recently, back in 2017, so mm-hmm. I was you know, 143 kilos at the time and needed to make you know some changes and put the old runners back on, that was my kind of go-to whenever I needed to drop some kgs was, you know, I'd slip my runners back on and... Um, took up running but this time it stuck pretty pretty well um yeah and so i've dropped like 62 kilos and yeah now enjoy running marathons wow incredible so 2017 you just just then you said that you had obviously run before but to give a little bit of background 2017 uh you weighed in 143 kilos correct yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So that's actually one kilo less than my PB, or a few kilos less. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, but it makes you feel any better. In 2010, I was 157. So. All right, okay. So <laughs> feel a bit better. I smashed it. <laughs> so you, at the time, you were diagnosed with prediabetes, correct? Uh, yeah, well, not, not, not exactly officially. So um, I got sick, uh, chest infection. I had, I had this habit of, like, whenever I got the flu every year, it's was a chest infection. Went to see the doctor. Mm-hmm. You know, give me the flu meds, just give me the antibiotics. Like, you know, I know the drugs every year. Yeah. And um, he did like the you know the blood sugar test, just the pinprick, and it was I thought you know eleven, eleven millimoles per whatever it is deciliter. 
Um, to put it in perspective, normal range of someone that hasn't eaten in 12 hours is, yeah. you know, five. Um, so it was really high. He started sort of shifting his focus from like, oh, you've got a chest infection to, hey, you've got a problem, but I wasn't really interested in hearing it. So I was just like, yeah, yeah, cool, cool. Yeah, I'll come back next week. Yeah, let's make an appointment. And it never, never went. Yeah. Uh, chances are, if I, I did, I highly likely would have been either pre-diabetes or diabetes type 2. Okay. Sure. Uh, I had all the classic symptoms, you know, uh-huh. like you eat, you want to go for a sleep, yeah. mood swings, irritability, hungry all the time, thirsty all the time, you know, that sort of stuff. So um, I have since done a lot of work with um, Diabetes WA uh-huh. um, and, yeah, through their, you know, materials and stuff and looking back, you know, I'd probably say, yeah, I was I was in that, that, in that you bucket, in but, uh, you know, yeah. just typical busy person that doesn't really care. It was like, yeah, I just yeah. want to with lunch (laughs) so what at that point that I suppose high point of um, your weight Mm. what was the catalyst so you mentioned just then that that was always your go to to drop a few kilos but Mm. you obviously got to a point where it wasn't just dropping a few kilos like you'd really put on and you're in that almost morbidly obese range oh yeah Um, what was the catalyst that said you know one day right let's go oh I just I'd go through phases of losing weight all the time. So, you know, like, like I said before, in, in 2010, I was, I was 157. Yeah. And then I proposed to my girlfriend at the time, um, we're going to get married. And so, again, the same thing. Uh, I want to look good for my wedding photos. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have a goal. I have an objective, right? A target with a date. Um, crash dieting, boot camp, five days a week, blah, blah, blah. Got down to like 100 kgs so drop mm-hmm. 57 or something yeah, right. for the wedding and then it was like wedding's done what's my reward is i can eat wherever i want i can do you know and all that stuff just you know built back up over over the years and you know i think i did a couple of biggest loser challenges at work and stuff and again i was, I was very good at um you know you've got this time period to lose this much weight and i would go to extreme lengths mm-hmm. um to lose the weight. So I was always, you know, I've done all the diets, I've done the Atkins, I've done the keto, I've done the whatever, you know, I've vegan, all that. <laughs> I tell you, what, any diet, you'll lose weight. Yeah. I promise you that. Right? You on any diet, you'll lose weight. They're all successful because mm-hmm. you calorie restrict and then of course now you do exercise and all the rest of it and they all work until you stop. Yeah. Um, and that was always the problem I had was I would reach whatever that target was and go, great, I'm, I'm finished, right? Mm-hmm. It's like managing a project. <laughs> I get tick. Yeah. Um, so in this particular case, I think like 2014, I was like 100 and something, 102, 103. Um, and then from that right through, I didn't, I didn't lose again. It was just gain, right? It's okay. 100 to 103 up to 143 in All right. wow. three years, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but in 2016, I got a new job, and that job went from being locally based in Perth mm-hmm. to traveling through Asia and, okay. and Australia, um, and, and a lot. So to, to put that in perspective, I think I went on 84 flights in the first year, right. and I was away from home for about 290 days. Oh, wow. And my job was to you know, meet customers, take them out. Dinners. Dinners, you mean, you know, that sort of stuff, business meetings, and... So it was all restaurant meals, it was all living at a hotel, traveling. Um, so like my drinking got pretty bad. Um, like I wouldn't necessarily say I was an alcoholic, but... It came with the territory. That's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like social drinking, right? But then yeah. you're social all the time. It just becomes, <laughs> it becomes, it becomes the norm. the norm, right? <laughs> um, 
and then, you know, with, with that drinking all the time, um, you know, I wasn't a nice person to be around. Yeah. Like, I'm not a great drinker. Yeah. But, you know, I... Yeah. Yep. Some people are great. I'm not. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, the weight gain and, and all of that stuff. And so, you know, the, and the job itself was, was good but challenging. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and being away from home was my first job, away from my family, away from my kids. You know, my kids were two and four at the time. And they were really struggling with me being away. My wife was really struggling with me being away. Um, so I had all that at-home pressure whilst I'm trying to do this job. job yeah. But then they're seeing me, from their perspective, they're like, life. hang on a minute. Like, <laughs> yeah. You're in a five-star hotel and you're like taking customers out for steak dinners and you're doing all this. And mm. There was lots of work happening, just yeah. by the way. Yeah. Like, I worked hard. <laughs> it wasn't all just meals and that. But um, that was sort of what they see. So there's yeah. a lot of that kind of riding on my shoulders and stuff so I got into a really kind of a like a dark dark headspace like mm-hmm. even when I was home because it wasn't like a standard fly in fly out you think about someone that worked in the mines they go away for two weeks they come home for two weeks when they're home for two weeks they don't do any work right oh, well, from what I've heard yeah. I, I've never had one of those jobs but um, I'd be away I'd come home the day I land I'm doing work yeah. so I didn't have like a downtime. like oh you had X days away from your family like have some no it was like cool you landed on a Monday well Monday's a work day so Back into sports, 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 and, and that sort of thing. So I got, yeah, into pretty sort of negative, mm. real negative headspace and some real dark sort of stuff started entering and I was really, you know, not good to be around. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a pretty, yeah, not a great time for my family. Yeah. Because, you know, my kids would see like, hey, you're either never, never around or when you are around, you're pretty much an arsehole. Just so, don't want to be around. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's fair. That's true, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but so, I suppose the fact that you, and whether you did then and you can now, you put your hand up and you almost, you knew it was happening. So you also, yeah, yeah, you probably yeah. knew it wasn't a long-term game either because you were going to lose, potentially lose something. Yeah, okay. yeah, exactly. So I knew it was hard because, you know, I'd, I'd given up the job that I'd had for 12 years. Mm-hmm to take a chance on this other role and it was um, you know when you've got a mortgage and these other things yeah. it's not quite as easy particularly in my industry like I'm in the casino industry right mm-hmm. so like the casino industry in Perth has exactly one opportunity yeah, yeah. <laughs> right and that's where I came from yeah um, so when you start thinking about okay well if I want to change my life and you know is this job responsible for it do I leave this job and you start looking there's not a lot to look at yeah um you know, and that sort of starts adding to that pressure, that mounting pressure and that, you know, sort of feeling trapped and, and it was yeah, sort of, it almost like a, it's like a, you know, feedback loop that you sort of get stuck in, right? Yeah. Um, and I guess, look, I came back from, I came back from a trip and nothing, like no one thing happened. There was mm-hmm. no like, you know, like, oh, I got diagnosed with blah. Or, you know, this happened, right? Like, my car. I mean, Jesus, a car would run me over and I'd break the car before it, before it <laughs> broke me. The size I was, right? Um, but I got to the stage where like, I get an airplane seat and mm-hmm. I'm traveling a lot, right? Like, I don't fly business. Mm-hmm. Right? It's economy. And so I'm spilling into the seats on both sides. Yeah. And then the tray table doesn't come down. Yeah. And then like the seat belt is like not fitting or uh-huh. you know like I was never going to ask for an extension so it was like I'd make that seatbelt fit but now my guts are like hanging over yeah you can't see the seatbelt I can hardly breathe right yeah. like it's really bad <clears throat> um, and people around me were starting to you know like 
not say anything and people weren't like as obnoxious as to say something but you can feel it right like yeah. oh, I got the seat stuck next to that guy you know yeah. um you know I had customers some of the customers I'd meet in you know some of the locations I'd visit were very uh honest let's just call them honest mm-hmm. <laughs> and they'd see me and you know the reactions would be like whoa look at this guy <laughs> yeah. you know and I know they weren't talking about how tall I was yeah uh, so um, you know, and then like, you know, 7XL and 8XL mm-hmm. and like, yeah, Target have them and, you know, like, and they start getting tired. You just think, oh, come home and I was like, you know what? I think I've just, I've just had enough. Yeah. Just enough, enough's enough. Um, it, it's interesting though, because I don't know if it's a link to even work. So I did a bit of a stint at the same probably workplace where you did and it, it's the comforts. So meals are provided. And I think a lot of guys who do fly and fly out are the same as well because you turn up there, don't have to worry about lunch, and you go, oh, there's bacon and eggs on the menu this today. Oh, yeah. There's a bay marie, and you go, oh, today I'm definitely I'm just gonna have cereal. I'm gonna have, but you don't. You go, oh, that'll be tomorrow. Lunchtime, you walk in, it's a bay marie, hot, everything yeah, there. It's exactly. like you're actually walking into a buffet lunch. Yeah, you exactly. You go, no, today I'm not going to. I'm just gonna have a wrap or. Yeah. But you know, you go, I'll have a plate of this, a plate of that, and some chips. and Yeah, oh, absolutely. And they had like an ice cream machine, and they had this and that, and it was, you know, you get two swipes a day into the yeah. day. And... and I remember I was finishing at about lunchtime. I'd do the early shift five to one, and I'd go, oh, I'll take some lunch home. And instead of going, no, I'll get home and I'll make a salad, or you end up sitting there, mm. cashing in on a massive banquet. Yeah, and, and you go home and do yeah. nothing. I think in my stint, I almost put on 15 to 20 kilos just purely working there. Yeah. And I was only there for about, oh, a year. And but, they was... say, but they say, it's almost <coughs> like the ongoing joke, right? It's yeah. like the effect of, the effect of being there. Like almost everybody that I've talked to that's ever worked there um, has said something similar, right? Yeah, cause it, and it is a creature comfort type thing. If you've got like this all you can eat, like yeah, there's salad. They have salad there. They have yeah, health. They have, there's exactly. healthy options, right? But then there's yeah. not healthy options, and yeah. and so like it's it's a real willpower thing to be to to it's do. It's like a cruise mentality right. almost. Mm. Like you just walk in and go, ah, oh, this is paradise. Yeah, I'll start and, in three months. I'll start eating healthy, but yeah. And the new job was was no different, right? So okay, yeah. I didn't have you know I didn't have an office to go to, but you know when you're traveling, there's a you know there's a meal allowance, right? Mm-hmm. So you give your corporate card. There's a there's a meal allowance. And that's to cover, obviously, you know, if you, you know, whilst you're away, you get this X dollars to spend on whatever. And um, because you're traveling, there isn't, you know, you're either eating room service from a hotel or you're eating in one of the restaurants that's at the hotel or, or what have you, right? Or you might be taking, <clears throat> you know, might be taking a customer out for, for a meal after mm-hmm. you know, eight hours of meetings with them and stuff. So you go to, you know, a nice, a nice restaurant. So it's all, you know, quality stuff. And yeah. And, you know, there's drinks and things that drink, go with yeah. it and, and all of that so it's just you know and, and and again in my industry that I'm in you know like you don't nobody has a salad yeah yeah and <laughs> socialising makes money yeah because yeah, if you're exactly. sitting there and go oh, what did you do last night I just went back to the hotel room watched a movie and ate a salad yeah your employer will be like well hang on mate you're supposed to be taking these guys out yeah yeah you it's know? just it's just part of you know, it's part of business is to, to socialize and, you know, and, and, you know, it is like uh, a lot of these people are, are friends, you know, like, you know, they've become friends over the years now. Mm-hmm. Um, so part of it is, you know, I might see them once a year, yeah. twice a year. Like, I don't want to just like, oh, like, 
thanks for, you know, I flew all the way out here, but it was great yeah. to see you for two hours, and I'm going to go and watch Netflix now. Yeah. Um, you know, so you, you do go out and stuff. So, yeah, I just decided I needed to do something. Bro, I, I, didn't, mm-hmm. I, I knew I'd done it before. You know, I'd, I'd yeah. lost this, I'd lost that. And, you know, I guess this time was probably a little bit more cognizant that it wasn't just my weight that was a problem. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was having some challenges with, you might say, my parenting ability. Mm-hmm. Or lack thereof, mm-hmm. you know. Um, you know, being absent for so long had had an effect on the kids, mm-hmm. and then obviously my attitude when I was home because I was tired all the time and angry all the time. Mm-hmm. I had like some, I say I had anger problems, but I just had problems generally, right? Yeah, I had some work to do, and I knew that like I couldn't just go on another crash diet, and yeah, because it would just be another repeat, right? And everyone's yeah. like all my friends and all my work colleagues have all seen it before. They've seen me do this up and down and yeah, yo yo and stuff. And it's almost like, oh, which Ryan are you going to get? going to get how long we're going to get? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I didn't really know what to do. So it's quite a holistic change, really. Like there was, everything was going. It was like a domino. Yeah. So you dropping weight was gonna, you know, then change your as well as mental outlook more positive into parenting. And then the whole picture was going to be almost a, a full turnaround in a way. Uh, yeah, I mean, I suppose that's probably what what ended up happening, and that's that's what I I, I wanted. But probably, you know, thinking back to to the time, it was very singular minded, right? I just I knew I had a problem, mm-hmm. and I had no idea how to solve it. And mm-hmm. my first thought was, I just need to get out of this business. Yeah, because it's easy to you need to pin something, you need to pin it on something, right? Like, yeah. Ever since I started this job everything's turned to shit, I need to get out, mm-hmm. and so I sat down with my wife, and was like, you know, maybe we need to sell the house, maybe we need to do this, and just all this sort of drastic, you know, you start going to like drastic extreme measures, right, like, which is my go-to, right, like, when something goes wrong, extreme measures, let's, you know, DEFCON 1, let's, yeah. let's fix this, right, um, and in the end, you know, probably, we talked about it for two days, or three days, or something, and in the, in the end, we just thought, you know what, let's just start really small, mm-hmm. we know there's a problem, um, you know, step one, stop being such a douchebag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, I'm joking. Uh, was this is like the food, right? Okay, so yeah. meal sizes are ridiculous. We eat whatever we want, whenever we want. Let's mm-hmm. just put some structure around meals. Mm-hmm. Right? Like we don't know what the diet's supposed to be. We don't know what we're supposed to go on. This or that or whatever, but we know that like chips aren't great. So yeah. let's just stop eating chips. Mm-hmm. And you know, alcohol's not great. I need to. I was probably, to be honest, that was probably the, the first thing that went was like, okay, I need to stop drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, so like 60 day challenge, like mm-hmm. no, zero booze for 60 days and like no soft drink. So just, I just want to drink water mm-hmm. for 60 days. And then if I can cut out things like hot chips, just start with, with that. Mm-hmm. And then like, that gives me 60 days to try and figure out what I do after 60 days. Yeah. Cause like, I knew that if I did those two things, those two small things, there would be enough of a weight loss slash shift to build a bit of momentum, like a bit of mental momentum, right? Yeah. Or a bit of willpower or, or, you know, passion to kind of do something different else, you know, and, and, and elaborate. So I just thought, if I just can do that for 60 days, that will start the ball rolling and then I can maybe meet someone or find a nutritionist or something that can mm-hmm. help me. Change the shift, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then, yeah, that's pretty much what happened. And, you know, so I dropped probably 10 or 15 kilos in the first two months, I would have yeah. thought. Yeah, somewhere around there, like, you know, just before August. 
Um, and then, yeah, we just, we didn't really go on a diet. We just started to do things that were like organic, right? So mm-hmm. like if it was alive at one stage, then we'll eat it. But if mm-hmm. it's been processed, we just won't yeah. eat it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so like vegetables and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, just found my tastes started shifting. You know, my preferences started shifting over time. And, um, it's, just, it's so amazing. Like it, and it resonates so much with me because I went through that same thing. Growing up. You know, my parents ate vegetables, but for us, it was like, oh, I'll have all chips instead if we go for a steak. Yeah. Or do I want to have everything else? Yeah, so you get a about. steak and it's like, do you want to sell all the chips? It's like, what do you think I want? Of course <laughs> yeah, I want the I chips. Want the chips, yeah. And, but you get, once you make that change, you almost cut it out. And then, yes, it's a struggle to go, well, I'm just going to have the veggies. After a while, you go, I actually bloody love these things. Oh, mate, like, I love vegetables. You know, man, and, I absolutely <clears> have that with every meal. I just love yeah. I really enjoy them. So it's amazing how you can have that shift and quite rapidly. Um, it doesn't happen mm. overnight, but once you really do mentally have that change, you go, oh, now it's a norm to have that there. Um, and you're actually cutting down. You still have your chips, but you know that it's actually this treat. You're like, oh, wow, that's something that I haven't had in ages. Yeah. How good's that? Yeah. I mean, I, like we'll get maybe get chips for the kids every now and again and yeah. I'll nick one of the chips and it's like, oh, yeah, that was a good taste. Like, yeah. yeah. It's not like I magically don't like oh, chips anymore, it's, right? But and it's it's, they're nice, they're nice yeah. to have. See, but, you know, like I know, I kind of got to the point where, like I, I ended up going on YouTube for a while, right? Because mm-hmm. I was looking for, like I needed some inspiration, I needed some motivation and um, found a whole bunch of videos and stuff um, and found... Uh, like a bunch on like keto diet mm-hmm. and, and I'd done like a similar type of thing on keto before but um, I always kind of didn't think too much about keto you know I kind of thought it was kind of stupid just a concept that you can eat bacon and garbage and yeah. it's like you know fat for fuel it seemed really stupid at the time but um, like the more I looked into it and realised that you know if you do it properly you're actually eating pretty much like a ton of vegetables mm. with you know like healthy fats like you know avocados and yeah I think a lot of people don't get that. A lot of people hear it and go, oh, you're just going to cook everything in butter. Butter on this, butter on that. Yeah. It's like, well, actually break it down. And I think what I'm kind of getting from you is you've tried it all, but there was nothing that was sustainable. So a lot of people will go and do a diet, drop 10 kilos, and then three months later you see them and you go, oh, it's back. Yeah. Because you got into that headspace and it was crash. And then once you got the goal, I can fit into the dress or the suit. Oh, I've done that once. It's not sustainable for me to do that for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, and they don't drip back into normal life as such, in inverted commas. Yeah. Um, well, you go on this abnormal eating pattern, right? To adhere to this diet. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, you hit this target. And then you re- return back to what you would call your normal eating patterns, which yeah. aren't aligned with that, that, that diet. And then you just sort of, you just blow up, right? Yeah. Um, whereas, yeah, so I, I did keto for a, a little while. Um, I found it was, you know, for me, again, like I said, all diets work, but for me, I found I quite enjoyed, um, the keto stuff. It was quite filling and, um, you know, I was eating tons and tons of vegetables. So I was just like, oh, you can eat veggies, right? Mm-hmm. And that was kind of something I liked was, um, I did fasting, like intermittent fasting. I mm-hmm. did that for like four months or just like every day. I don't eat, for, I don't eat for like four, four to six hours in a day and then I wouldn't eat. I found that was really, really helpful for me. Like I didn't, I was never hungry, um, and that and that really worked. And this is probably before I got into like distance running or anything like that. I was just trying to be healthy, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and yeah, just a lot of things kind of aligned. Like once I got kind of out of the dirt, if you like, of of garbage eating and drinking and and stuff, 
and sort of, I don't know if you want to call it detox or whatever, just a whole lot of stuff started to shift in. Yeah, it's almost like you're one feet into the other, right? You know, so yeah. as you start looking better and feeling better, um, your attitude towards things start to shift as well. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, people start noticing probably, yeah, probably August, like I got to like 125 in the middle of August. So that was probably the first noticeable shift that was about 20 kgs when people started to go, oh, geez, you know, you've lost weight, that's super and stuff. Um, and I was running, I was running a bit, but um, before I, probably in like 20, 2012 or something, I read, I got put onto this book called, I don't know if you read it, Born to Run. Born to Run. Yeah, right? the, the two monks. <laughs> As everybody read it. It's Christopher McDougaling wrote it, right? It's about a bit the, the Tara Morris. Oh, Law of, Law of Running is two monks. Oh, right? okay, yeah. yeah. So um, like everybody's read like Born to Run, you know, about these barefoot runners and, um, I bought into that real hard, right? Yeah. Um, so before I started running this most recent time, I had, I had Vibram Five Fingers. Okay. The, the yep. you know, minimalist shoes. Yeah. Like, they look like ninja shoes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I ran the Sydney City to Surf at 125 kgs in them shoes. <laughs> All right. Wow. <laughs> Mate, it was, it was torture, eh? absolute torture. Like, you should not be that big running in shoes with zero support. You mate, it's barefoot. Like, yeah. <laughs> I just thought that was just like that's the way to run, eh? Like if they've done it and they just live on like corn and stuff, like that's just that's the ideal. I want to be like that. Yeah. And like just no idea about running. Like, <laughs> yeah, because my my idea of running like pre you know this recent sort of. 4-8 to distance running. My, like, I was running 4 to 5 k's to and from work. Yep. Five days a week. Okay. Which was, you know, still like 8 k's, eight, 8 to 10 k's a day. It's not bad. But I did one half marathon. Did like 144 or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2012. And that was, that was kind of it. Like, I didn't, you know, like running an ultra or 50 k or a marathon. Like, it was just never even entered my mind at all, right? But mm-hmm. I was just like convinced, like, yeah, absolutely. If I'm going to get a better, to be a better runner, I have to do... I have to do this because I read this book and that's got to be the truth, right? Never thinking like, oh, what do actual marathon runners wear? Because, you know, maybe that's where you go. Um, and that was that was quite funny just thinking back now, you know, after all the stuff I've done, I just think, Jesus. That was the dumbest thing you that ever did. That was the dumbest thing I ever did. And I look back on some of the photos because I got like the marathon photos, you know, they, they do the event photos. Yeah. And I look back and I'm like, Jesus, it looks like I'll... <laughs> It looks like, oh, because the thing is, like, so the other thing is, when I got back into running, right, yeah. so I was so fat, right, mm-hmm. that I couldn't run more than, like, four or 500 meters uh-huh. without, like, getting massive pains across my stomach yeah. from the jiggling, oh, right, because right? it was just so big, it would just be bouncing, so to combat that, what I would do is, I would basically get buck-ass naked in the kitchen, uh-huh. and my wife would get the glad wrap out, uh-huh. and she would wrap me up like a pallet. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Right, and then I'd put my my kit on, and then I'd go off for me run. Yeah, and that was that served two functions, right? Because number yeah. one, the idea was like I want to sweat a lot. Yeah, I was gonna say you'd be cutting weight like yeah, a boxer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like <laughs> a, right. Like I'm, sh- you know, I'm gonna shred. Um, and then the other thing was it would minimize the motion. Yeah. So I could run for longer. So you know, I started running, um, again, uh, you know, on this part of this weight kick, and I ran like two k's, and it you know probably took me nearly an hour. I reckon, uh, just jog, walk, jog, walk, jog, mm-hmm. walk. Um, and then sort of built on, built on that, on that concept. And, um, I remember we did this city to surf in Sydney and there's a picture of me heading towards the finish line and I was, 
at this stage I'd been running for like three or four months again and I was feeling pretty good I was probably running like seven minute k's mm-hmm. you know like oh thereabouts like six thirty seven minute k's yeah and I'm um, thinking like yeah I'm, I'm the business I'm flying yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm motoring out this is <laughs> killing it fucking killing it yeah so I signed up Lisa she come across the city of Sydney with me did the city to surf and I'm and she just started getting into running so I'm doing the like just follow me I'll take care of you and stuff and this event and like I died hard and yeah. to the point where she had was trying to drag me across the finish line because I was finished right like right. I'm this is 2017 this is 2017 so this is August 2017 right so I've and dropped like 20 kgs yeah I'm 125 been running for a couple of months like not super long and I'm thinking like I'm gonna you know come on Lisa let's go we'll do this together I'm gonna help you we're gonna you know you're great and stuff and I'm thinking like, I'm gonna have to drag her across the line and yeah we hit Heartbreak Hill and I was cooked on Heartbreak Hill yeah and just dead from that point on yeah and so yeah she had to drag me across the finish line i was like just had enough i was just yeah. so i was hurting them shoot, they're, they're, my feet they're, were killing me and then looking back on the photo there's some photos on there and it because of the she taped me up as well right like oh, with, yeah, with the yeah, glad wrap yeah. and we had to buy the glad wrap in sydney and that and she strapped me up but the problem is i was sweating so much it looks like i've pissed all down the front of my oh, pants no. so like because everything is just saturated oh, and then i've got these stupid ninja shoes on <laughs> I'm gigantic. I've got one of these like fuel belts that's like on the last tang and it's like hanging on. You got two like, tied together. Like it's yeah, it's very uh. My ass. Like, <laughs> let's let's talk Sydney City to Surf. So yeah. that time was an hour and forty one minutes. Mm. Yeah, change. Yeah. So for a hundred and twenty five kilo bike, still pretty decent. You know, not you know, yeah, nothing yeah, that okay. a lot of people I, would go. Oh, I'll I'll take tell you that. what, like I finished and I was well chuffed there. Like yeah, abs- absolutely, no doubt about it. Like, I finished that and I was like, I felt like I'd run a marathon. Yeah, like I was like, this must be what it feels like to be able to run a marathon. Like I was proper knackered. Yeah, and um, yeah, come through and I was like, yeah, that's great. You know, awesome. Yeah, because I didn't know any. Like I didn't have a lot of running friends at the time, so yeah. I was like, I didn't have anyone to compare. Like, oh, how fast did you do this? Or I had no real basis for comparison so I was just like yeah awesome how good is that and you're yeah you're almost just going to give it a go but let's fast forward to this year 51 minutes and 18 seconds at 82 kilos Mm. Mm. I would have it'd be amazing to see if there was anybody and there would be obviously people who did both those races and people who watched those races even on the side I'm like watching and I wonder if anyone's going oh there's that bloke (laughs) you know a couple of years ago yeah, it was man. broken, and look at him now. It would, it would be amazing, almost if you're also of, if you could have broadcast that, you know, and if you had a billboard above your head going two years ago around this time. <laughs> but that progression uh, is huge to uh, be able to go. That would have embarrassed me. <laughs> pressure you, would have pressure would have been. I would have probably would have tanked. You and, should uh, have like a two hour. <laughs> listening, you should have bought um, stock in, in Glad. Now, <laughs> after, oh yeah, they've been uh, losing. Uh, Helping fat people since 2017. <laughs> <laughs> so, with all that, you just mentioned that you didn't really have running friends or, you know, didn't have a community, but now you seem to have found one. Um, and I think Parkrun pretty much holds a close space to all you guys. I think your whole family yeah, are quite active. Yeah. So, that was kind of what got us in into, like, the running, I guess, the running community was, uh-huh. was Parkrun. So, you know, if I, if I rewind a little bit, I suppose, before City to Surf, um, I was just running around my neighbourhood and stuff, mm-hmm. and um, my my son had just started school, and um, one of his friends' parents, um, who we're good friends with now, um, 
they were doing park run down at Lake Joondalup and mm-hmm. heard that I was trying to lose weight and, and sort of invited us to come down and, and check it out. And to be honest, I was like really, I, I was really against the concept yep. to be honest because I knew like, I don't know, it sounded like little athletics, mm. but for adults. And, and like, I wasn't really everyone, interested yeah. in that. I was like, you know, like, mate, I've just been sat on a plane where I've been like poking prodded for being a fat guy. Like I don't want anyone to go to a running event. Yeah. Like, I can't run. Yeah. And I, do I could barely do like 5k. Like I was like, oh, you know, I was doing three to four and stuff. But yeah, so yeah. my wife signed me up and she's like, you're going. That's, yeah, that's yeah. fine. I was like, yeah, okay. That happens a lot, by the way. <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay. Um, and it was totally, totally different to what I had in my head. Yeah. You know? Like I kind of had in my head, it was like quite formal structured, mm-hmm. like a little athletics, like, you know, three, yeah, bite, bang, go, everyone's off and they're on a kit. And obviously there is that element, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I've, I've been at the, the front aiming for PB myself and mm-hmm. so on. But it's so broad yeah. that there's there's no right answer, there's no wrong answer, right? You just just turn up and have yeah. a go. Like and you can walk and prams and, and all of that stuff. And that's wicked. Like that's like I felt at ease very quickly. Cause I was like, worst case, I'm gonna beat that guy. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's the fact that they've got a tail walker. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I see where I see the difference is if you I suppose, say a club event or a separate 5k race and it's got this real competitive nature regardless of where in the field you're going to finish. Yeah. But in parkrun, you still have that. But then it's almost like, oh, let's all hang around and good on that bloke who's going to be out there for 50 minutes as well. Mm. Um, whereas I think like an f- actual 5k race, it's like, oh, I've done my bit, see you later. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it's, very, it's very, you know, like parkrun's super social. Um, you know, and that was, like, I wasn't, like I said, you know, I, I had some friends and stuff, but, you know, I'd got, you know, I wasn't the best person to be around, you know, yeah. before I started losing weight and stuff, so I kind of dropped contact with a lot of people on, you know, just myself, not uh-huh. falling out or anything. Um, so this was nice kind of chat and, and that sort of thing and meet some people and, you know, some of the stuff I was hearing is just, like, incredible, you know, like, oh, this person's going to run, you know, this event and that event, and I was just like, wow, you know, that's... Just real, I was really in awe at, at, at awe with all these people doing all these different things, and um, you know, like I always kind of thought, if you're gonna run a marathon, you had to look a certain way, and be mm-hmm. a certain way, and you know, just seeing this community of people of all different sort of shapes and sizes and ages, of like all like, oh, I'm gonna sign for this event and that event. And I was just like, how do you do? How do you do that event? Yeah, like being like, you know, anyway, yeah, it's just sort of mind boggling and stuff. But we we went sort of every week, and eventually Lisa joined. She, she joined probably like two or three weeks after me and uh-huh. we bought one of those little, it's like a little pram type jogger thing, pram. That, like a jogger, yeah. right? Like yeah. it's like a double one that yeah. you can attach to a bike in it. <clears throat> okay. Pop the kids in it and they had their iPads. So they'd be sat in this pram with their iPads and a packet of crisps and we'd just alternate weeks who would push the pram yeah. and then who would have a turn it running and stuff and that was sort of how we got our weekly. I still haven't gone on the pram run yet. Well, that was my whole thing. I thought it's hard enough getting myself around. How on earth am I now going to push this pram and a kid around? Yeah, I'll just I can push the pram all day. Let me just. Oh yeah, and and of course, and then it's like, yeah, Dad, can you have my packet of crisps? So I can't get this thing on my iPad working. (laughs) You know, like, hang on a minute, let me just try not to die here. Yeah, let me just fix your iPad for you. You know, are you having a great time sitting down or nothing? Like I'm out of here. But um, you know, it was it was a good way to get. 
everybody kind of involved, you know? So, like, eventually the kids come out of the pram and, you know, I mean, like, my kids have a parkrun PB now of, like, 39 minutes. Yeah, wow. Of running on their own, which is awesome. Yeah. But, yeah, they started sort of just, that was their, you know, iPad stuff and then they'd play in the park with the the other kids after. Yeah. But to them now, it's the norm. Yeah. They're like, oh, Saturday mornings we go to parkrun. And at the same time as well for them, they're going to kind of grow up with it and just being in that community-minded nature because there's so many causes around like you said everyone there's so many different ways to skin a cat amongst that whole collective group mm. um yeah i love as soon as like a marathon build up finishes and you can go down and do a park run because you know you're going right i'm just going to stay here for five weeks and hang out you just get that buzz it's like an injection of positivity yeah yeah um, absolutely and you know like, there's always people that do the events you know like there's a whole bunch of people They've done City Surf today and, yeah. you know, like, you know, next week when you catch up with them all, you're going to hear about their... Because you can see there's stuff on Strava and yeah, that's one thing to see the re- see the result, right? And you go, oh, great, they did this or oh, that person blew up at, you know, hit the wall or whatever. Or, but it's always good to catch up with them to, you know, hear about their experience. Like, it's so, I don't know, I find it just really, like, fun to hear about other people's experiences, you know, like, like hard it was or how they had to be, you know, battle through that sort of the mental toughness stuff is kind of really what I love to hear about it's something mm-hmm. that I think resonates really well with me you know is that that sort of resilience because I think that's probably one of the things I had to learn the most I yep. guess on this journey is you know how much do you have how bad did you want it right yeah. like how much do you you know what are you willing to sacrifice yeah it spits you out it, it's this only real sport or thing I know that will spit you out. Like, I remember going into my first marathon going, oh, this is going to be not a cruise, but I'll be fine. I'm running as a qualifier for an event. Hey, six hours on the road, second to last, and the guy who came last was carrying a pack and wearing soldier's gear. And I was like, you need to go back to the drawing board. This is not a thing that just everyone does. Yeah. Right. But it, you'll never forget that, you know, yeah. and like, like you said, it teaches you resilience you can take to the workplace. Mm. So, you know, physically I've been in a worse place than this. So, and what did I do to get out of that hole? Mm. So let's get out. It's a Monday. It's terrible. Everyone hates a Monday. But you man up and in a few hours I'll be done. Yeah. Um, you know, like, is it very similar with you? Do you go, that you, can you take it into your work life? Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. I think everything that I've sort of learned along the way and it hasn't just been like nutrition and stuff like that's mm-hmm. obviously a huge a huge part of losing weight right but what I've done you know what I've gone through is more than just like weight loss yeah for me it was an entire life change because mm-hmm. I was you know borderline alcoholic pretty much an asshole and mm-hmm. I was super fat right mm-hmm. and just hated everything and I hated life I hated myself I just fucking hated looking at myself in the mirror and waking yeah. up every morning and still being alive like mm-hmm. I just fucking hated it yeah so, I knew I didn't want to die, but, you know, living kind of was shit as well. Yeah. So, I was, you know, like, well, what the fuck, what do you do now? Yeah. Um, Amazing I, how you pull that cord and you're like, this needs to change. Because some people would have gone, oh, let's just get into a comfort zone where someone will accept this. Yeah. Let's find a community where we can just get deeper, you know, and... Yeah. The, the good thing is you had you had a network around you so you had a, your wife was obviously there yeah super super supportive whereas if you were a single bloke yeah you would oh, have yeah, I would have had, no, no, would have had no reason right like, yeah my family have always been you know that underlying reason mm-hmm. to, to do anything I mean 
at the end of the day, I, I still think, you know, I st- and I still firmly believe, like, you can't really pin any of your hopes, your goals or any of that on, on other people. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't make them your reason because yep. pe- people change, right? Which yeah. then if you attach a goal to a person, like, you can, you can, you can stuff that up. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, I knew I wanted to be around for my family. That was okay. like, that was like the goal was like, I have to be around mm-hmm. and I don't want to be, I, w- I want to be someone that my kids can look up to and be like, I want to be like my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember thinking I want to be like my dad as a kid and it was always something that, you know, I think, you know, I think about it every now and again and. I was like, well, I don't really think my kids want to be anything like me. Oh, yeah. Because I'm not anything to aspire to. Uh-huh. You know? So, um, but I didn't know what I wanted either. Like, I didn't know what I wanted in life. I just, I knew I wasn't happy. And that, I mean, that's, that's a starting point, I suppose, right? If you're going to think about like, knowing that you're not happy where you are uh-huh. is, is a reasonable place to start. But then it's like, well, what do you, what do you want? Yeah. That's a real hard, that's real hard. Yeah, absolutely. You still work out what you want. Like, yeah, okay, I want to lose weight and I want to look like this or I want to do this. Well, that's fine. But, like, what do you want your life to look like? What does success look like? Right? That's, for me, that was really tough to define. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just started with, you know what? I want to be the type of person that my kids can go, I want to be like him. Mm-hmm. And then, okay, what does it take to be that person? Mm-hmm. And just small things like, okay, I need to be able to do this and I need to be able to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, okay, well, what does it take to get there? And, and what are you willing to sacrifice to get it? And it had to be everything. Like I just had to go all in yeah. um, and, and prioritize, you know, and, and I think that's probably part of like having a, in my family have always, my parents have always instilled a pretty good work ethic in myself and my brother. Mm-hmm. Um, so committing hard is comes quite naturally. Yeah, comes, anyway. yeah. comes quite naturally. You're a zero to a hundred. Sounds like a zero to hundred. I'm all in, man. So. Like all in. Yeah. Like I'm the best. I'm the best drinker in the world. Yeah. Or I'll have zero. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's the same thing. So I commit. I commit hard. I haven't actually had a drink in, in a few years either. By the way, so I gave it up completely. Um, yeah, and that's that's something that yeah, I just I, I stick by. You know, it's, you've just got to be able to. Yeah. People look at me now, right, and they, they don't know necessarily what I've been through, right? Uh-huh. They just see me run, you know, park run or whatever. Yeah. And You're the guy at the front of the field. That's the... Uh, right, you know, yeah. that's... You know, like, it hasn't been easy, you know? Like, it's yeah. it's hard, like, you know, like, I, I put in a session and it's like, oh, you know, just Ryan's showing off again or whatever. Uh-huh. Like, I'm not a fucking show. I'm not a show off. Yeah. I work hard. It's fucking hard work doing this running. Like, yeah. it's hard. And you know, like I was not always this, and I was not like I'm. I'm actually I'm quite proud of the things that I achieved because, yeah. like, I know what I've had to put in to get the output. Uh-huh. You know, and I know, you know, like there's other people that maybe they're in the same boat as me, or maybe they're trying real hard. Like I've been there. Like I, I know what it takes to get out. Yeah. And I'm. You know, I, I'd, I'd happily help anybody that asked if they had questions. Nobody generally does, but. Yeah. Um. It doesn't automatically mean oh now that I've lost this weight that suddenly I'm this like elitist person that yeah. doesn't understand what it takes. I mean, you know, something that we we're talking about before is, yeah. you know, sometimes it's a little bit hard to relate to some of these elite runners as as awesome as their runs are. Honestly, it's like freaking amazing. But you know, it's not always the most relatable mm-hmm. because the you know a lot of these people like, they grow up running. They grow yeah. up, they grow up on track and field and 
that I know any any different, right? But I've been I've been in the worst I've been in the worst spot. I've yeah. been the biggest yeah, you know, I've been the biggest person that I know and mm-hmm. um yeah, so I, well, I, I get the food challenges and I get yeah. the willpower challenges and I get the you know, like yesterday when I was gonna come up to meet you before, like I had to run twenty six K, I had to do park run direct in at Wanneroo. Yeah. I had to do something for my family and then come out here and I was yeah. like, well, I, and, you know, a lot of people would go like, oh, I can't, you know, throw their hands up. I can't get my run in because my life's too busy. Yeah. And I was up at three in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> to get my run in. It is. Like, and when you talk to non-running people and look, that, that's, it's very much like, you do that for fun? Like, you actually go and run for fun, right? Like, it's like, yeah. Um, because, you know, if you didn't do that run in the morning, all day you'd be sitting there going, oh, this day is now horrible because I did not go out this morning. Uh, um, yeah. It's, uh, I feel like that on a rest day. I'm like, does it have to be rest day? But I, like, how fast could you walk without it being classified as a run? Yeah. Well, I did see your post on Instagram the other day um, kind of caught me when I think you'd gone out for your session and then you went on a little bit of a, like, I wouldn't say a rant, but, you know, you almost expressed the emotion of this is not always easy. And I put in some hard work, therefore, you know, you get the results. And well, you're right, people look at you and go, ah, oh, there he is again, just shelling peas and doing an easy run. And I know talking to Kev Matthews and he's done his that many sub threes. And I look at him on Strava and I go, well, it's not, he's not just sitting on his hands and turning up on race day. Hmm. Um, they're going out and putting in some serious effort. Yeah. So yeah. you almost get what you deserve at the same time. You know, it's, if you want to sit out the front, well, you, you got to work. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, what do they say? It's, you know, hard work will always outperform talent any day of the week. And that's so true, you know. Um, you know, if you, put in, if you put in the work and you get up before everybody else and, you know, like, what is it? Like, The Rock says, you know, be the hardest working person in the room. Like, all yeah. that, all those sort of things really resonate true, very true with me. Yeah. Because that's what I've seen is... So, I reckon you got some talent, though. Um, so, Marathon, let's jump to that. You're a two fifty five guy. Right? Yeah, well, my first marathon was a bit of a disaster. I did, <laughs> I did Bunbury last year, and what? like the Bunbury marathon. Mm. Oh yeah, where a few of the listeners know it quite well because they use it as a comrades qualifier. Yeah, um, I, actually, I love I love the course, and I, I'd not been down to Bunbury before. I I, I trained with a, a friend of mine, and it's actually it's, it's Mike, the same friend that got me into parkrun in the yeah. first place. But um, we trained together, and my goal was, and this all stemmed from like doing something outrageous. I was like, I need some sort of outrageous goal to focus in on, right? And that's kind of what I feel like running has done is really brought a lot of focus into mm-hmm. my life, right? A lot of discipline and that yep. does sort of permeate through all areas of life. But I, I need, I was like, I need some something like parkrun is, I don't want to say outgrown parkrun, but mm-hmm. I need a bigger target. And did, like, Bunbury Marathon, that's the go. That's got to be the go, right? <laughs> Never, like I've been to Bunbury like once. I had no idea what the course was like. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's not that hilly. Jesus, uh, set out for sub four. I was tracking pretty well for sub mm-hmm. four. Like my training was was good, and I just bought an off the shelf like an internet plan. Mm-hmm. It was like Matt Fitzgerald. You jump onto Final Surge, and yeah, you pay yeah. forty bucks, and you get a sixteen week plan. It's pretty generic. That was fine training and stuff. And um, Mike's fitness was a height better than mine, and he's mm-hmm. obviously tracking for a, a better time. And I thought, well, we're running together, like, and I'm keeping up. So I'll 
Yeah, we'll, we'll just run together. That's, That's great. Like, yeah, yeah, why not? Have heaps of fun. Let's run a marathon together. Recipe for disaster. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> and, that, and that's what happened. So, like, I ran a PV half marathon uh-huh. in, the yeah. first, in the first half. That's scary. Uh, that's a, you, know, you know you're in, like, you're in for a bad day when that happens. Uh, 32Ks, the wheels started to absolutely spiral. <laughs> bang on 32, eh? <laughs> bang on. I hit the... So I think the way the Bunbury course is set up is the 32K marker is pretty much at the start finish. Yeah. Just before you head up to the, the lighthouse, lighthouse again. Yep. <clears throat> and I just blew up massively. Like I... Yeah, it was just done. I was just cooked. Mm-hmm. I was running 445s and oh, yeah. um, out the gate and just couldn't hang on. And So uh, that's well and truly even ahead in the sub four. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So like I came in at 3.43. So like... Like objectively, if you look at the time, you mm-hmm. go like, oh, like running a five fifteen marathon, that's less. You know, for your first marathon, that's probably okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but then if you look at like the Strava splits, you know, like the way they graph them out, like oh, it's yeah. like you're falling off a cliff, you <laughs> yeah. know, like, um, I'll stop in at drink fountains and the parks and stuff for drinks, yeah. and one of the guys at the, you know, the pub with the yacht is at the lake. There was like spraying with his hose, like, cause it got quite warm and. I was, you know, like, I think it was like an eight minute k in there, and it's like a couple of seven minute k's. It was just. Yeah, wow. got brutal when that. Yeah, happened. yeah, it was tough, but like I was really, I was proud of myself for finishing it. That was, yeah, I I wished afterwards that you know had I gone out at, you know five minute k's uh-huh. just over five minute k's you know would I have done it differently and just run five minute k's kind of throughout maybe but so that um, was your first effort at marathon. Yeah, that was my yeah. first. That was my first one. Was last year. And then from there, you obviously limped on in. Um, you got yourself a coach? Yeah, so like I said, for that one, I, did, I didn't get a, have a coach, mm-hmm. but, but Mike had uh, Tony Smith and um, his training was obviously going really well and I thought, well, okay, you know, this, this off-the-shelf plan stuff's probably not, not going to work. Not going to work because obviously I just did whatever I kind of wanted and just jumped on somebody else's training, which wasn't right for me. So I reached out to Tony for... Um, so I wanted to do... Because I done 343, I thought, you know what, I could probably do... With, with some guidance, I might mm-hmm. go do like 3.30. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, well, I'll do the City to Surf um, in Perth, the marathon, mm-hmm. um, and give that, give that a shot. So, this yeah. was end of last year? Yeah, so this would have been like May of last year, right? Yep. Um, and so, we, yeah, so Tony took me on and he was great about mm-hmm. it. And his plan was, was wicked. It was really tailored to sort of me. And <clears throat> um, we're training, you know, tra- doing the training, and, and I ended up getting injured. So I, I tore. I tore my plantar fascia right where it attaches to the heel. Okay. Just about tore it off. Um, during a, during a, a time trial, like a race up in Darwin. Um, and that basically benched me for for three months. So I was, that was in July. And so it was basically City Surf was out. Yeah. Um, so I was pretty, I was pretty devastated. And, and to be honest, I, I was worried. Because mm-hmm. to that point, Running had kind of been, like, my reason, I don't know how you call it, like, I felt like it was my thing, right? Yeah. Like, I'd found something that I was maybe good at, after mm-hmm. being, like, average. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if you've ever had this, but, like, I grew up thinking, like, I would be like Spider-Man. Yeah. Like, something would happen to me that would be amazing, and my yeah. life would be changed forever. And then I realised I was, like, 22, and I was just, like, average at everything. Yeah. That's and, it was just never, and it was just never happening. Like, <laughs> what's going on? Where's the where's the thing? Like, where's the thing that I'm like the best in the world at? I'm the best yeah. of the world at exactly zero. Yeah. Um. And then I thought, oh, I found this running thing. That I'm like, 
you know, pretty good at and got hurt and I thought, oh God, you know, here we go. I'm going to, I'm going to get fat again and I'm going to be horrible. But, but actually I doubled down real hard, eh? And I, um, got a gym membership and, okay. um, hit the cross training pretty hard and mm-hmm. it was like the elliptical and the bike and stuff. Cause I mean, thankfully like, you know, the PF was basically just load bearing on the foot was hard. Yeah. Um, so walking was uncomfortable running was out of the question but like cycling and stuff was pretty good and i'm a really bad swimmer and i, and I still am but i gave it a go i basically just like didn't drown yeah for a long time <laughs> like you know like you're getting special attention and the lifeguard like paces you up and down the <laughs> thing for like a half an hour and you're like it's okay i've made it <laughs> i can touch the bottom actually i mean um so cross train real hard um and had to miss City of Surf. Um, I, I did crewing for, for Mike, who ran a pretty good race. He, he PB'd and mm-hmm. um, did really well. And it was great to watch. Like, I love watching the, watching the event, seeing all the runners coming through and stuff. It's just wicked yeah. um, cheering everybody on. Like, I think that's what I love about parkrun so much as well is, you know, everybody kind of gets behind everybody. Yeah. yeah. You kind of don't realise that until I think after you've run a few races yourself. And you go, oh, it's actually quite nice being on the other side of the fence. Yeah, that's why I think I really liked your comment the other day about, you know, cheering people on. Yeah. Like, it's so true, isn't it? Like, just giving out that real positivity and that, like, you know, like, sincerity, you know? Like, you really want the best. Like, it's not one of those things where it's like, oh, I have to beat you and it's so competitive. It's just like, everybody just have a great, you know, hopefully, everybody's trained for X weeks. Like, everybody deserves to sort of reap the benefit of that training. And it makes you a better runner because I think you become more open to what's actually going on around you. Mm. Whereas normally we just get there, run, and then we go, oh, we didn't see that person cheering us on. You know, mm. you, and it could be at random, just and you just say thanks. And even a little kid, it almost makes their day if you say thanks to yeah, them. Yeah, I'll give them a high oh, five. Oh, that guy thanked me. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think it's just the more people realize, I think that it's more open. Um, yeah, it's, I think it's, it opens you up a bit. So there's 255 this year, uh, Bibra Lake. Yeah. I was there that day and I saw you, so it looked really comfortable. Um, I'm not sure if you knew because you were, you were on for the PB, but were you... I was training for, um, I was training for three hours, or uh-huh. under three hours, I should say. So, um, there was an opportunity for me to get to Boston, basically, mm-hmm. next year. Um, but the requisite was for me to have a qualifying time. Yeah. Um, so... Basically, uh, I'd run, I felt like I could do it. So uh, earlier in the year, in, in January, I ran the Australia Day Ultra, the 50K, the mm-hmm. ADU, right? And I yep. did uh, I did 3.46 for the 50K. Yep. Um, so it's like a 4.30 pace. Mm-hmm. And um, I came in through the marathon uh, marathon time, or marathon split in like 3.09. So okay. I was kind of thinking, well, that was a pretty comfortable race. Um, nine minutes. Look, it's a bit of an ask. Yeah. But it's not 30 minutes. Yeah. So, and like when someone's, like when you've got the offer of like, you know, getting out to, you know, to an international race. Yeah. Um, it was really motivating, you might say. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so we kicked in the plan um, pretty much like March or something and uh-huh. just worked towards, worked towards that. And yeah, look, it was, it was good. Like the training felt really good. It was 16 weeks. And, you know, pretty much every week I had, like, a marathon pace session in there. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was running, like, 408s to 410s. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
it would sort of grow almost every week and yeah it got to the point where I think just a couple of weeks out I did like a half marathon and marathon pace and yeah I think I was averaging like four oh eights and just felt like really like I knew, I, I was comfortable that I could do a four thirteen pace yes um confident and uh yeah on the day it was it was good I was lucky enough um Tony got the gig as the pacer right mm-hmm. the three hour pacer which really really helped calm the nerves knowing mm-hmm. that like for somebody that I can trust, yeah, that's gonna gonna be there and um keep me on track and not get me from doing stupid stuff yeah. like going out a million miles an hour and blowing up and and it was only my second marathon and I suppose third if you count the count the fifty but mm-hmm. um ADU is always a bit it's a bit different I suppose because it's I don't know it just felt different <laughs> um but no it was good it was and good and there was a there was a sort of a group of us on the three hour bus and yeah kind of but you left them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, um, yeah, I don't know, I just, uh, I just felt really, that course was super, so okay. like a 6k, Bibber Lake, 6k laps, you know, having like a base of operations at the start finish, mm-hmm. to do like water and stuff, was really mentally, like comforting for mm-hmm. me, like to know that, I know where the aid is, I know, and I'd, pr- I'd we'd done a long run, a lot of long runs around the lake and stuff, so I knew the course, like inside out. Yeah. And it's not hard, it's only six Ks, you work out pretty quickly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we hit 30 Ks, and like, I think all our GPSs, we had like 30, like 30.4 or something. And so, obviously we were tracking like on time, but for that GPS time, you know, so we started, so I started thinking like, ah, oh, geez, like what if, what if we get this like wrong like by a bit, you know? Yeah. Because of the GPS, yeah, yeah. you know, what, what do you call it, the discrepancy, right? Uh-huh. Um, and I was feeling strong enough. I think we'd, you know, we had 12 Ks to go. And I just thought, you know what, I'm just going to, I'm going to do one lap uh-huh. at four minute Ks. And that'll, I think that'll call me back like two minutes. Yeah. Because if we're 400 meters out, even if I were to sprint 400 meters, it's probably about 90 seconds. Yeah. So if I can get two minutes back, then I can go drop back to marathon pace for the last lap mm-hmm. and still be okay. Uh, should have just trusted Tony anyway because <laughs> he was came back. He came yeah. back, you know, like three hours, right? Um, but no, I just I, sh- I shot off and I, I did like four minute Ks for the first couple and then that felt really good and just I got just got on a roll and I mean then those next percenters, mate, they yeah. really are like next level. So I yeah. just like running was just so comfortable uh-huh. um so i dropped into like yeah 350s and um did did the lap at 350s and i thought oh, okay I'll, I'll drop back down to marathon pace but it just never happened i just did the next lap at 350s i think i dropped a couple of 340s in there and then um I, I at the time to be honest like i wasn't aware of like oh if i do if i do this and i leave yeah. these guys now i'm gonna get 255 it was still all around the like the goals three hours yeah but yeah i knew once i'd done that first lap I was on for a PB time yeah. and it was just uh, like, okay, just keep going until you're comfortable now. And yeah. if you want to, like, if I felt like, okay, I've got enough in the bank now, if I need to slow down because I'm, I'm tired, you're still fine. I'm still way, way yeah. in front. So that's cool. But it just never came like that hitting the wall thing that I had it's, at uh, Bumbery. <laughs> it's such a good way to look at it though, because a lot of people go, oh, I'm going to bank time and my strategy is to go out hard in the first half. And then I've still geez, I've got a, a whole half a marathon to go. Whereas you're like, do the first half, do the next, say, 5Ks or 6Ks, and then that 6Ks after that, I'll bank 
And then if it all hits the wall, oh, well, then I'll just drop back and I'm fine. But you're only really banking like a 6K burst. Yeah. You weren't banking 21. Yeah, um, yeah. And it was like in a lap course like that. Well, on like a pancake flat course, it was... Yeah. I mean, look, it's probably like... Surging is a risky move, right? Because there's mm-hmm. always a chance that you surge, you go above threshold, you, you know, you're going to start hurting, right? But on a really flat course that's lap-based, I kind of felt like it was like a mitigated risk, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like you said, it was, if I'm just going to surge for 6K, it's one lap. As long as I don't fall below my target pace on the last lap, then I'm in front, right? Or yeah. if I do, I can drop a couple of seconds, but... Um, so it sort of paid off. Yeah. And I like I like the idea of sort of negative splitting a marathon. It's not easy, but... Um, because mentally, you've got to have the... Like, there's the risk, right, that if you go slower than your goal pace mm-hmm. in the first half with the idea that you're going to turn on the afterburners in the back half, there's a chance, like, oh, it's time to go to the next gear and there's no next no gear, gear, right? Like, yeah. there's just nothing there and then now you're kind of stuffed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, no, it worked out pretty, it worked out pretty well. I, I felt like I was on, I felt like I was on for a, a good time when I started. I did one of those, like, lactate threshold tests, like, mm-hmm. proper in the... Like on the treadmill with the mask on and yeah. my blood drawn and stuff and, and all of that and the race predicted time I think it said 256 based mm-hmm. on current fitness yeah, right. um, so I, I've you know like I've, there's a lot of science and stuff behind mm-hmm. that and, and I like my the race predicted for my 5k 10k and half marathon were all like less than a minute out from what I've actually run in time right. trials through training yeah so going in I think I had that in the back of my mind as well is I'm fit enough to run a 256 uh-huh. so just I don't know. Trust in your training and trust in yourself. You you know. It's there. Back yourself. You can do yep. this. You know. So. Interesting. Um. So did you ever say two fifty five? Overall balance. Um. Do you still have the moment where you let's just go down to the pub for a parmesan and chips? Yeah. Yeah. I'd, not as as often, but mm-hmm. yeah, we do have like treat days and stuff. The family. You know, we'll go out to. You know, leapfrogs or something for a pizza and yeah, that sort of stuff. It's yeah, uh, especially yeah. like if we've done a huge run or something. It's mm-hmm. kind of you know, you know, whatever you're gonna eat, probably not gonna touch the sides. That sort yeah. of stuff. But yeah, I think the the key is just to know that you know what you're doing is a treat, treat it as yeah. as such, and you know it's all part of the training, right? Like just make sure you've got this right and that right, and go from there. So yeah, yeah, we yeah, we do have treats. So I'm not like. An absolute Nazi of I must have this, I must have that, but it's it's about overall discipline. So yeah. I know if I've got a rest day, like it's probably not a great idea to be <laughs> like eating that's you know, ridiculous. Yeah. Um. So I try to have this sort of mentality. It's not always easy to maintain, particularly because I still travel a fair bit, right? So mm-hmm. um, I still try to have the mentality that like eat to fuel or recover mm-hmm. either fuel for what you're about to do or recover from what you've just done yeah because that's what your body needs and mm-hmm. i try to like i try to detach like enjoyment from food yep. and just have it as like putting petrol in the car right yeah i try to doesn't always work because some food's just amazing <laughs> right but uh, you know i i think the biggest the biggest mistake people make is they attach emotion to food right yeah, yeah. like enjoyment or like if they feel like crap or if mm-hmm. something horrible happened to them they like use like 
they derive comfort from food and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm guilty. I'm like guilty as sin of everything I'm saying, right? So yeah. like I'm not judging anybody. Like I'm the, I'm the first person in the queue for f- stuffing that up. But uh-huh. um, once you detach emotion from it, it just becomes an exercise in like, okay, uh, I've got a, I've got a threshold session tomorrow. Okay, I've got a, you know, I need like this. I need that. Okay, I need to focus on these things. Yeah. Um, Has its purpose, right? That's the, and I think that's that's the basics of it. Yeah, you know, people yeah. go and spend, and that's it goes talk to an expert, but the expert will also tell them to just break it right down. Yeah. To the dietitian, nutritionist, they'll literally just say to you, go back to basics. Hmm. You're doing things that are way too complicated here. Um, yeah, it's about it's a calories in out method almost, hmm. and going what am I fueling for tomorrow, is relative. Okay, that's what we'll go for. Yeah, um, but that doesn't preclude from having having treats as well. Yeah. So like it's you know you just gotta weigh it up. Like if you're doing it every Sunday, maybe that's maybe that's too frequent. But you know, like it's just picking and choosing, like yeah. I just yeah. I look where I'm at my training and and you know, if there's an occasion like a birthday or something, you kinda of just go, Yeah, look, okay, I'm probably gonna overindulge a little bit on this day, but you know, it's a a birthday or whatever and yep. and that's just yeah, just leave it in there. The booze the booze I cannot do that. All right, so if I said to you three tips for somebody looking to get into running, what would they be? Um, oh, yeah, that's a fair question. I'd say get fitted for the right shoes. Yeah, not the Vibrams. Prob- yeah, yeah, it is. It's <laughs> probably, like, get, get comfortable shoes, yeah? Like, don't just go with the trend. Like, it's, it's very easy to just go with what's trending or what's popular and stuff, but... Um, yeah, like I've got a wide foot, so I don't fit into a lot of shoes, including a lot of the Nike stuff. Like, there's just no good for me, right? Um, but you know, get fitted or you know, find a shoe that you, if you're going to be running a fair bit, it's supposed to be fun. Mm-hmm. And the first thing that's going to stop it from being fun is being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So you know, get a comfortable pair of shoes. Um, is probably my first, my first tip. Yeah. Um. And find find someone to run with. Like, get some company. Like, yeah. it's actually. Like, I love the social aspect of running. Like, I love, you know, we've got this crew of friends and we all run, you know, Sunday squad we call ourselves and we just, there's a bunch of us that's growing and just a lot of like-minded folks and, you know, we just love catching up and we just talk rubbish (laughs) on the run and it's great. And and then, yeah, we'll have a coffee and, you know, coffee and some cereal or whatever at the end and just a chin wag and it's it's heaps of fun. And, and, you know, it's sort of what keeps keeps me coming back every time it's just it's not just a way to lose weight it's mm-hmm. not just the means to an end it's like it's a way to make friends and yeah and it's like-minded people that's what i think you know it's people that are committed to something because you're getting up at five o'clock mm-hmm. and they're goal-oriented people and and it's almost it doesn't age isn't a factor mm. yeah, that's what i've noticed like i know i run with people that are, you know sometimes 10 years older and you go it's just such a connective thing you can slip back into your normal friendship groups but you just you tackle different things yeah um, and the maturity of it I think is great as well um if I was gonna say do you have a message to your younger self probably nothing nice jeez (laughs) (laughs) um I just wish I I wonder how much better I could be if I'd started sooner. Mm. 
So I didn't really take up running in any way, shape or form until I was in my mid-20s. Mm-hmm. And it was very sporadic. Um, I kind of wish I'd discovered the enjoyment that I get out of running um, at a much earlier, like as a, like in school, as an example. Like I played football in school mm-hmm. and I was you know, a pretty mediocre football player. But that was my thing. Like, you know, you train on Tuesdays and Thursdays and you play a game on a Saturday. And that was kind of like my sport. It was like, an, I don't know. You grow up with it. So you kind of, I was never passionate about sport. Mm-hmm. But I grew up playing football. Um, and that was just what you did. Like, it's a Saturday. What do you do? I'm mean, playing football. Um, I wish I'd, like, discovered, like, track and field or something. Yeah. Um, I kind of just wish maybe things would have gone differently. But it's not, not from, like, a life perspective, but just, you know, how much more efficient could I could have been, been at the well, yeah. whatever you know um, but yeah I, yeah and I think I, as a young guy I kind of had life handed to me I think in a lot of ways or I expected I had the view that kind of like things happen to you right mm-hmm. like the world happens to you yeah. you know and it's that's kind of I, I, I lived really sort of unconsciously like I had no purpose I had no goals, I had no dreams, you know. I just would get up and it was like, you know, I, like I dropped out of college because it was boring. Uh-huh. Like, and I, I signed up for a degree I didn't really want, but uh-huh. kind of felt like my folks were like, oh, you're good at computers, get a degree in what you're good at. Yeah. Um, Things just worked out as well. Like a, yeah, yeah, it's sort of just like, just coasting. Like, there's no, it's not, it's neither bad nor good. It is what it is, right? But mm-hmm. it's just, when you live without passion and without a goal, it's quite a sad life. Yeah. And, that, and that's what it was. It was like, oh, my folks want me to get a degree because neither of them have a degree. So I'm good at computers. I'll get a degree in computers. Yeah. That's well boring. Yeah. So I went bowling and then I dropped out. Uh-huh. I got pretty good at bowling. Um, and that was kind of just, that was my life philosophy. It was just like, just, I don't know, just exist. And it was, but now I've sort of discovered this sort of mindset of having a purpose, having a goal, doing whatever it takes yeah. to get that goal regardless of what people think about it. I was always really worried what people would think about me as well mm-hmm. you know that's like oh what's the perception of people like I don't give two shits about what people think about me anymore like, I don't mm-hmm. care like, yeah. you can call me in I don't, I don't even have time to think about what you're yeah. thinking about me anymore like, I'm so busy yeah. um, you know trying to achieve my goals so I don't give a toss about anyone else mm-hmm. so I wish I kind of had somebody tell me that at an early age that you know Find something that you are passionate about mm-hmm. and pursue it until you achieve it. Yeah. Um, because then maybe I would have found something that I was passionate about rather than just something that I was good at. Because being good at something mm. and being passionate about that thing are two very different things. Oh, completely different. Right? Yeah. And we yeah, we kind of joke about it. My wife goes, oh, I married a rugby player, not a runner. Um, <laughs> because, you know, I'd be at the rugby club four days a week, all day Saturday. And then even the culture, you know, not great because it's those team football sports where Saturday night I'm staying at the club and going to drink, Sunday's a write-off. Whereas now you almost go full circle. Yeah, I still go down there, but I play my game, I'm out of there, see you later. Or yeah. I go down and watch. Uh, no, I don't want to drink. I want to have some water, have a can of Coke, see you later, I'm going. Because yeah. I know tomorrow it's going to impact me what I'm doing here. Yeah. Um. So you're right, like you kind of... It takes a while once you've... Oh, in this as well, I see these people found their passion for running as a 20-year-old. 
And I go, geez, imagine how many marathons I could have done. Yeah, yeah, exactly um, right. Like, oh, man, I could be like a 220 marathon. Yeah. The things I could have done, I wouldn't have to have dropped that way to get there. I wouldn't have yeah, had it in the first yeah. place. Well, you know, like when you look, like, you know, so like I've got like folds of skin and all this and that. And it's, you know, like that's the price that I pay for the life I lived, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I got to spend X number of years eating and drinking whatever I wanted without any yeah. kind of rules or whatever mm-hmm. but now I've, now I've paid a piper right yeah. so now I've got like loose flaky skin everywhere I have to tuck my fat folds into compression shorts and stuff and all that but you know you just think geez, if I didn't you know like how much yeah. different would you have been you know yeah. but at the same time I don't know if maybe it's different for you but would you have would you appreciate it as much now as well? Because you knew where you came from to where you are. If it was very yeah. black and white, oh, yeah, I'm going to start running as a 20-year-old, great, I'm a good runner. Oh, well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, look, you, you, make, you, look, you make a fair point. You make a fair point. I suppose um, the personal development or personal growth that I've gone through, um, maybe I wouldn't be where I'm at now in terms of how I understand myself and, mm-hmm. and the way the world works and that sort of thing yeah for, for sure uh, you always kind of wish the best for yourself though. you know yeah. like if I could bypass all that horribleness maybe there wouldn't be any horribleness yeah. it would just be like greatness but yeah, yeah. there's this, this concept of you know you get growth through suffering right mm-hmm. like and without the suffering you do not grow yeah um, and that's something that again res- a personal belief that resonates with me because that's what I've gone through like you've got to go through the hell to get to your version of what heaven is right yeah and maybe if you didn't have any of those hardships, yeah. uh, then you got no lessons and then, you know, what kind of person... And also you your appreciation and humility. I think, like you mentioned earlier, people think, oh, I'm just this bloke who sits at the front end of the field. I don't know what it's like. But you really have the ability to go, no, no, hang on. Whereas if you were never back there, people go, oh, mate, you don't know what you're talking about. You're just that guy we all want to be. Um, so yeah, you, yeah. I mean, people don't see the, you know, like me getting up at three in the morning and, you know really not really not wanting to go out and battling myself and sitting in the front room you know trying to come up with all the excuses not to go and to come up with excuses is really easy right because you have a thousand very good reasons not to do anything uh-huh. and they're all very valid reasons right and people might even agree with all the reasons why you shouldn't go like oh, of course you've got a flight to catch why would you go for a run mm. well do you want to do you want to develop? Do you want to grow? Do you want to be a better runner? And you get your ass out of the get your ass out the door. But I've you know like cried, shouted, screamed at myself. You know, done all the things you know that mm-hmm. you could think of. Felt horrible, or all of it, right? Like just a real internal battle in my own head of I don't want to do this. I mm-hmm. don't want to do this. I've had shit runs. I've had bad weeks. I've had. You know, I haven't done every session the way that the coach wants me to do it. You know, I've tried my hardest and fucked it up or whatever it is. And it's not from like, oh, I made a mistake and I ran seven reps instead of eight. It's like, I just couldn't do, I couldn't do. And, you know, at the end of the day, like, that's why, you, that's why they call it training and not racing. Like, you don't race every day, right? Like, yeah. it's, um, you, you, you train, you do the best you can do. You figure out what, what, did, what are you going to learn from that? Yep. And then you adapt and adapt and adapt and eventually like you know even today like okay so you, you say I run these 255 and, and these things and they're, and they're great times and I'm proud of my achievements but you know this week I had a crap week mm. an absolutely crap week right the travel and 
try to run in Melbourne and it was cold and horrible and uh, and I and I hated it and I got out there and I, I struggled and struggled and I had to run at bloody 8 o'clock or 8.30 at night on Wednesday on a full gut of dinner and yeah. was, was thinking of every reason to just go, you know what, I'm just going to pull the pin on this run, this is crap. Yeah. But I just had to find something yeah. to stick it out. And you know what, I did crap wrong. Yeah. It was, you know, I was running like more than 500 Ks. Yeah. Um, which, you know, I get that there'd be a people out there it's that good, go yeah. like, 500 Ks. I'll be like, oh, I'll take that. Relative, <laughs> to, relative to what was in my plan, I was running a lot slower than I was meant to run. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to throw up because the food was not sitting well with me mm-hmm. and I nearly got hit by a bunch of cars and I was just angry. I, was, I just hated it, right? But that's, that's you know, that's what happens. It's mm-hmm. just part of the, like, Everybody that runs has crap yeah. weeks, so it's you know just finding a reason to keep going and like just because you have a bad time doesn't mean you should give up running and like, you're not meant for running. Like everybody's meant for running. Like, yeah. it's, it's something that I I firmly believe is for for everybody. Yeah. Um, and just because you know your you know your threshold pace or your long run pace is different to mine doesn't mean that your relative effort is any different to my relative effort. Yeah. Yeah, when, totally you're, when you're given your all, you know, I'm giving my all, okay, I'm met, you know, you look at the metrics, and it may be different, right? But the way you feel at the end is the same way that I feel at the end. It's, you know, so we should both be proud of, of that particular effort. And I don't take, you know, like I don't look down on anybody's time. You know, I see, I have friends that run, you know, they run seven minute Ks for PVs and it's like just the best thing to see someone like that, like, just giving everything they've got and coming through the finish line and I would never take that away from anyone you know as long as you try your hardest you, you're gonna get there yeah absolutely so I know and I think definitely people would call you inspiring but who inspires you? Um, oh, I draw inspiration from quite a few from quite a few people um, like definitely someone I look up to the most as my as, as a role model for me is, is Tony Fern mm-hmm. Smith um He's someone I just think is, you know, he's a fantastic guy. He's just the nicest person. Um, and we, you know, I think we met through our, like, Northern Suburbs running group. Mm-hmm. Um, he was hosting the uh, Thursday interval sessions. And I'd never done intervals before. I didn't really know what they were at the time. And, um, yeah, we, we've become really close friends. Um, and, yeah, he just, you know, he's just a really inspiring person and inspiring runner. And, I mean, even today, you know, like, he's... He just got like a five minute PB, or just short of a five minute PB at City to Surf, yeah. Which isn't isn't a, an easy course to run, and um, you know, just sort of continues to to raise the bar, and you know, just as a as a friend and a coach, he's just someone that I can I can rely on. He's always sort of did done the right thing by me, and you know, I look up to him. Um, sort of outside of outside of that, um, you know, obviously my family and stuff. I draw a lot of inspiration from them. You know, when I'm looking for reasons for for why I do what I do and why I'm out in the freezing cold in the pissing rain running like it's for them right it's, mm-hmm. it's to be the example it's to be you know to lead by example and and to show you know try and show the lesson that you know if you want something you've got to earn it you've got to work for it and some things are worth running in the pissing rain for yep. um, oh, yeah perfect Ryan, thanks so much for sharing your story. Um, very enlightening. It's always good to get 
to know more about, and this is the reason why I suppose I started the podcast. So it's about, you know, the everyday person who's been through something. Um, so yeah, thank you very much. I know listeners will well and truly enjoy getting to know you and learning a bit more about your journey and continue to inspire the many, I suppose. Yeah. Thanks so much. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it.